So there are just a lot of exciting things happening tonight here at Sacred Heart as we find ourselves in the middle of a thunderstorm. Um, congratulations on making it to church tonight. And you all look great, even though I know it was pouring as many of you were coming in. And I will say it was very providential that one of the things that is happening tonight, Juan and Maria are going to be renewing their wedding vows. They were married 13 months ago, right after the Easter vigil. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of their family were not able to make it that night. So right after the Mass tonight, we are going to be renewing Juan and Maria's wedding vows. And they're actually going to be bringing up the gifts tonight, which is great because they're dressed for their wedding. And it's just going to be lovely. So I'm so glad that you guys are here tonight. Uh, the second thing, um, you may have noticed the last couple of weeks, we have a rental organ right now, which is amazing. And I know some of you may have been thinking, wait, why are we hearing the piano tonight then? Well, Miss Flora asked if in the middle of a thunderstorm, if she didn't have to sit on a big electric console, said, yes, that is fine. I understand. So um, all kinds of just, you know, wonderful things. And here we get to be continuing on in this gospel. Uh, and as we discussed last week, you know, the gospel of John, a quarter of it is the Last Supper. And we continue on with that tonight. And you may have noticed that beautiful phrase that we get to hear every single time that we come to Mass. And I get the awesome honor of getting to pray it out loud. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And when you think about that and the fact that our Lord gives that to the apostles at the Last Supper, and yet here we are 2,000 years later, quite a distance from where this happened, and yet we are still able, by the grace of God, to receive that peace. Our Lord has worked it out in such a way to make sure that the handing on of the gospel, the proclamation of his self-sacrificing love, the ability to receive that peace continues on throughout the ages. And we get a beautiful look tonight in that first reading from a very early potential road bump, we'll just call it, along the way of how that peace is going to spread, how the gospel is going to go out to all of the world, including eventually Salisbury in 2022, right? Like, how does it get from Jerusalem, from where our Lord left and ascended into heaven, to us in this day and age? And the reading today, and I'd recommend if you get the chance, go back and read the entirety of the chap 15th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. Because what's happening here is what many call the first, like the first ecumenical council of the church, the Council of Jerusalem. And just to kind of give the background on some of the things that we just heard here, you know, as the church is beginning to spread, you know, it begins with everybody around our Lord. They're all Jewish, right? They're all practicing Jews, keeping the kosher laws, doing the things that Jews do. And now, as we heard in the responsorial psalm, oh God, let all the nations praise you. And another way that can be translated is, oh God, let all the Gentiles praise you. All of a sudden, the faith is moving out into non-Jewish territory. And for a faithful practicing Jew who is used to circumcision, who is used to dietary regulations, who is used to staying the heck away from the idols of the city in pagan territory, 
This is a scandalous thing to think these people who've been living this way, all of a sudden, they get to be Christian too? How does that look? How does that work? Is that really what God wants? And the interesting thing about this, you know, at the time, if they're looking to the scriptures, it's the Old Testament. The New Testament has not been written yet. And there's no way to give the sola scriptura answer because there's all sorts of different ways you could go based on the Old Testament and how God is going to provide the gospel to the Gentiles. And so we see the church at work. You had those who went out and instructed people that they have to do more than they really actually had to. Like I said, they were basically telling the Gentiles, before you can become a Christian, you have to become a Jew first. And that caused no little dissension, as it says here, which means it's like a riot, right? They're they're really fighting about this. So they take it to the apostles who debate this whole matter. And James is kind of like the representative for the ones who are more concerned about maintaining the Jewish laws. And Peter makes the declaration that no, they don't need to become Jews first, in particular circumcision and all these different things. But they do make a few concessions, a few things that are too difficult to just sort of, you know, bring everybody together. It doesn't matter. Do what you've always been doing, Gentiles. No, they give four basic rules that basically they need to refrain from meat that's been sacrificed to idols, which I know to us kind of sounds like an obvious thing. But you got to remember at that time, especially in pagan territory, like the, the idol of a particular god, you know, it would sort of be like the social setting. Like everybody goes out to the temple of Asclepius for a nice Friday night on the town and they're serving the steak that they cooked at the foot of Asclepius. Like it's, it's kind of part of the going about things in society. But they're saying you can't do that anymore. You also can't eat meat that's been, uh, it's come from strangled animals, refrain, refrain from the blood, and re- refrain from unlawful marriage. So here's the basic things that you need to do for all of us to be together. The apostles all accepted this. They sent it back out, and notice, we don't get like the Jewish you know, denomination there and the, the Gentile denomination We are one holy Catholic apostolic church, a universal church that goes out to all the world as they give these basic instructions. And as we know, the church continued to spread. And I just thought tonight, as we think about where we are now, we're not really worried about avoiding meat sacrifice to idols. It doesn't really come up for us, right? But the church does still give us the basics, does still give us some basic rules to make sure that we can continue to receive the peace that Jesus gives us at every Mass, when he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And I just want to bring up for your attention three paragraphs from the Catechism on, and you may have heard of these before, you might not have, the five precepts of the Church, which in a way, it's sort of like the basics for now, that hold us all together universally. And remember, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, promulgated under Pope John Paul II in 1992, under, uh, in a big way, the direction with the writing, under uh, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, eventually Pope Benedict XVI. I mean, you can get a lot out of this. I highly recommend it. And you can get it for free with like an interactive version on the USCCB website. Anyway, I digress. The five precepts of the church, those basic laws 
that keep us all unified as Catholics. Just like we got those four basic ones from the Council of Jerusalem that brought the Gentiles and the Jews together. Well, here we are now. The church spread throughout the whole world. How do we stay close to Christ? How do we continue to receive his, receive his peace? Paragraph 2041. The precepts of the church are set in the context of a moral life bound to and nourished by liturgical life, meaning coming to the Mass, coming to the sacraments. The obligatory character of these positive laws, decreed by the pastoral authorities, meaning the the, uh, bishops, the successors of the apostles, is meant to guarantee to the faithful the very necessary minimum in the spirit of prayer and moral effort in the growth and love of God and neighbor. So the church gives us five basic rules to make sure that we stay plugged in, for lack of a better term, into the peace of Christ. And I think you're going to be amazed at, quite frankly, how easy they are. I think the first one may be the most difficult. You shall attend Mass on Sundays and on holy days of obligation and rest from servile labor. Okay, that one's probably not a big surprise to you. Second, you shall confess your sins at least once a year. Third precept, you shall receive the sacrament of the Eucharist at least during the Easter season. Fourth precept, you shall observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the church. And the fifth and final precept, you shall help to provide for the needs of the church. Five basic rules, just like those five basic rules that came out of the Council of Jerusalem that are sort of like a guardrail that keep us on the road, that keep us coming to Christ. It's like, hey, as long as you at least do this minimum, you're going to stay in communion with the church. You're going to keep receiving this peace. And I hope that as I said that, you're like, okay, that's not hard beyond what I'm already doing. But I will say, you know, there's sometimes when you get that bare minimum rule, it can really help. Like I remember, you know, being in college and waking up on a Sunday, not feeling 100%, who knows why, but you know, not feeling like I'm ready to go and ready to get right to Mass. But it's a bare minimum. You go to Mass on Sunday. And thanks be to God, it's not like our Lord at the Last Supper is like, hey guys, get out there and do what you feel like. Because let's be honest, sometimes we don't feel like doing what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we don't feel like doing the hard work of being close to Christ and receiving that peace. And so, yes, do more than this, like going to confession once a year. I hope it's blatantly obvious here at Sacred Heart. I think it's advisable to do more than that, right? But at least, if you think back, if it's been all the way to May of 2021, get back in there. It's good for you to have your soul cleansed, to be open, to be able to receive him fully with your whole heart. And this is the other one that just blows me away on the minimum. Receive communion at least once a year, right? During the Easter season. Keep coming to Mass. Keep receiving Him. And then those last two, I think, tie right back in to helping us to avoid idol worship, right? Fast and abstinence when the church asks us to, and providing for the needs of the church. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, here comes Father's chance to ask us for money. Um, yes, what I need you to do. No, I'm just kidding. So, Part of that is, yeah, I mean, the church, yes, we, we make this happen, especially, I mean, right here at Sacred Heart. Talk about a perfect example. We're rapidly approaching the end of our debts. Everyone working together has made this happen. Like, these things don't fall out of the sky. 
It's people working together to build up the church. And it also saves us in fasting and abstinence and providing for the needs of the church from worshiping material goods. How easy is it to make, I don't know, the sports game on Sunday an idol, to make your comfort your idol, to make your bank account your idol, to make money essentially a god, and to forget about the one who actually gives us peace. And so the church, by giving us this bare minimum and telling us, provide for the needs of the church. I also find it kind of interesting. It doesn't even say by giving 10%. It doesn't give the basic amount. I mean, yes, tithing's a good thing. We can talk about amounts and stuff, but you know, you know that God can't be outdone in generosity. We keep trying more and more. But at the basis of it all with that precept, we're called to sacrifice of ourselves, and that helps keep us free too from idol worship, just like those Gentiles early on. Now, as I said, as we continue to read through the Last Supper narrative, through what Jesus is saying to us, he's telling us about his commands. And remember, commands help to make things happen. He's not ruling with an iron fist. He doesn't just give them to tell us what to do. It keeps us plugged in. It helps us to get at least that bare minimum of staying close to him and ensures that his peace continues to echo out throughout the ages, throughout the nations, and into each and every one of our hearts. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.